episode of the podcast. This is You Gotta Watch This. I am your host, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, and you're the other host. I am. And your name is? Nick. Okay, cool. Nice to meet you, Nick. Nice to meet you. <laughs> On this podcast, we are going to watch every MCU film, all 23. All 20, the there's first 23 three, of them? Yes. Oh, yeah. You're just now realizing. Uh, uh, I, uh, I have seen them all many times. And Nick has barely seen any. I barely have heard of what is it? Marmal? <laughs> yes, or, that's it. Marmal. Okay. Yeah. The Marmal uh, serial universe. That's that's exactly I right. And uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna watch them and uh, we're gonna talk about them. So cool. we just watched uh, the third film. You know, pretty soon we're not gonna be able to say you've barely watched any because I know as we go, you'll watch more and more. So we just watched the third entry, which was Iron Man Two. And we have actually a special guest with us here today. We do. This. Hey, oh, you, oh, no. You, 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 you no, go. Uh, oh, you go. Special guest, <laughs> uh, my niece Haley, is uh, visiting, and she watched the movie with us. And we're going to get, she's going to do our first segment with us. Um, Aaron's going to moderate, and I'm going to jump in here and there. But I'm yeah. going to hand the, the mic off to Haley, and she's going to give us Haley's hot take. Hi. Um, Welcome, Haley. Hi. Thank you. Thank, uh, thank you. Well,. So, uh, my, my hot take of this film. So, uh, right off the bat, as a film, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, very funny. It's very, very funny. It is funny, yeah. Uh, it, the dialogue is very easy. It, okay. it feels like real conversations that you would have with people. Mm-hmm. Um, the action scenes are nothing too special. You know, it's just explosions, explosions, lasers, pew, pew, you know? <laughs> um, but o- overall, as a... a person film i guess like yeah. focusing on the characters it is very nice to watch um there are some cliches it's a sure. good movie it's a superhero movie of you course know? yeah there are several things you have to follow with the uh the algorithm and the formula <laughs> and things like that right um such as you know like we can do spoilers on here right for iron man 2 yes absolutely okay. we're gonna spoil the crap out of it gotcha gotcha so you know, the villain is always overconfident. Yeah. He always takes his mask off in the final <laughs> battle. That's right. And somehow his face is always less damaged than the rest <laughs> of him, even though he took his mask off. That's right. So you can say that when the music starts to crescendo and he takes his mask off, that's it. They've won. Yeah. That, that's always how it ends up happening. Um, so it is a superhero movie. It sure. does have those cliches. But I feel like as a movie in general, it is definitely a better one. Great, yeah. Especially I, for this time. I yeah. totally agree. It, it definitely works. It's interesting you mentioned the dialogue being feeling very natural. Um, we, we talked about this in our first episode in Iron Man 1. They didn't really have a script going into it just because of problems and they were rushing yeah. and they wanted to get it done. Right. So they relied on Robert Downey Jr., of course, to, right, to improv right, right. and everything. Yeah. It worked out so well for them and John Favreau's style that right. they went into it on purpose in this one. They did the same thing. Kept it mm. kind of loose. Let uh, Robert Downey Jr. kind of do his thing. Yeah. And it really comes through. Uh, yes, so definitely. I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting you picked up on that. Yeah, That's I good. feel like a lot of the comedic, easy energy definitely mm-hmm. comes from RDJ. He's oh, definitely yeah, for sure. The comedic guy. Wait a minute. Are, are we calling him RDJ? Well, that, that's we... just what the kids call oh, him. Oh, the kids. Oh, okay. So. okay. He, he is that essential. He needs that abbreviation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talk about him so much. We just have to get it right off. Yeah. Of there. RDJ. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, he's got chemistry with everybody. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it really works. And it's very obvious. Like, definitely uh, Stark and Rhodey, they've got that easy buddy-buddy thing going, mm-hmm. but they also tick each other off. So yeah. it's very obvious that there's some chemistry between the actors there. Uh, you know, him and Pepper have that oh, absolutely. same thing. Yeah. It's also the chemistry is different between them. And sure. It's, it's very interesting, definitely, between him and Happy is also a different kind of relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also very funny. And I feel like all of the, the actors bounce each other and mm-hmm. balance each other off in this movie very, very well. Excellent. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add? Um, nothing much. I mean, just like people say that Marvel is not great because they use the same formula sure but i feel like that's easy because it you know it's not stressful when you watch a movie and it's right. like oh my gosh what's gonna happen like you know pretty much what's gonna happen yeah obviously there's twists and those are fun mm-hmm. but when you know you know the hero t- or the villain takes his mask off right and the music yeah it's louder it's like Oh, you're so excited to see the hero finally triumph after all of these trials and tribulations. And it's just nice to watch. Absolutely. The, the yeah. formula works. It works. It totally works. Yeah. That's so, why they keep making 23 right. of them. And they're, it's just like you said, they're fun to watch. Yeah, so, they're very fun to watch. Yeah, excellent. All right, cool. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being on. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Haley, for being on. We really, really appreciate it. I'm going to give her a high five right now. Oh, yeah. High fives all around. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to do... So Haley brought up some really good points. Yeah. Um, so let's let's uh, let's let's slide right into that next segment, okay. which is called Nick's Hot Take. Okay. My hot take was I had a blast, and uh, I think what I said to you, we, we paused it for a little pee break, and what yeah. I said to you was uh, this was the antidote to The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, it's especially really, compared to this, just pales even more. It's it's night and day. Yeah. It's, now, now I kind of want to recreate uh, that conversation that we had because I thought it was a really good point. That it was with just those two movies on the table, mm-hmm. you said that you could almost see the two directions or the two paths that Marvel mm-hmm. could have taken. Yeah. Um, and they clearly chose the correct path. There, there's a lot of talk about, and, and you'll hear this, and I'll mention it a lot, um, in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the Marvel's house style. And even though they use different directors, different actors, different writers, they still the the whole challenge of it is to make it feel like it's one thing. And that house style could have gone in different directions, um, with you know, because Iron Man presented one path, and uh, Incredible Hulk was a very different path. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. Uh, Iron Man Two is cementing the path that it would take. Yeah, and this is this is the the course, and like Haley said, it's a formula and it works. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So I I, I want to piggyback on a couple things that she was she she definitely like we were talking about the the villain the formula with the villain he always takes mm-hmm. the overconfident villain and whether it's taking his mask off or in, overlooking a flaw in his plan or mm-hmm. you know and there's something to that. Um. Uh, or, or not really having a plan other than wanting to destroy the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and that's all, and, and, and that's all well and good. And sometimes that's purposeful and, and just sort of like part of the fun. But I did have a little bit of a problem, I think with this villain Okay. in that I get the backstory of Tony Stark's dad, uh, exiling this guy's dad. And so it's mm. like a, you know, a family vendetta. He's gonna, mm-hmm. so I get it. 
but it just seems so abrupt and it just seems like Tony never fully understands like this guy's problem or yeah. cares really. Yeah, it there is a definite disconnect yeah. between them. There there isn't that sense of like and now it's personal. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, maybe from Ivan Vanko's side, but from Tony Stark's side, he's kind of like, yeah, you're in my way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and, and even hearing the story of like, oh, well, your father destroyed my father's life and my life by proxy, he doesn't doesn't care. Right, yeah. Um, Which, you know, sometimes bugs me, but I think this is the persona they're building for Tony Stark is that, you know, he was a callous asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in his sort of previous iteration of himself, and he's yeah. trying to reinvent himself, but mm-hmm. it's a work in progress. Yeah, and he can't just flip a switch and just be caring. Right. And I think that they did that really well with his relationship with Pepper mm-hmm. in this as well. And we finally get to see, you know, uh, yeah. the, the hot smooch. The hot smooch. You know, and uh, yeah, as I'm, you know, always begging you guys on the other podcast, you got it. <laughs> Give me the romance, boys. Yeah, you got it. This I got time. it. Yeah. Uh, and then they, you know, I, I, and, and so it was great. I, I, overall, hot take, uh, you know, uh, it was a lot of fun. The, again, the the humor and the quips um, is really why I'm there. Mm-hmm. As like Haley said, the action can get repetitive. Yeah. Um, I thought the suits were cool, and it was cool seeing like the new sort of like the the Black Ops Army Commando version of an Iron yeah. Man suit. Yeah. But it. You know, it didn't prove to be any more or less effective, really. We got the um, the line, uh, the same one we got in Iron Man 1 where uh, Obadiah Stan called them Iron Mongers. And um, when in Incredible Hulk, when Samuel Stern says, you'd be an abomination, uh-huh. uh, when when Tony and um, Rhodey are fighting, he says, you want to be the war machine. Uh, oh, is that his name? And that is ah, his name. He is, I, was, I was waiting to see how they yeah, were going to do that. So yeah. I thought they were going to do it for the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and they didn't actually. Yeah, they never said the word whiplash. They at did all. not. Yeah. And so, all right. So, I guess let's move on from hot take because I have a few questions. Yeah. But, well, are we? So now, next is the recap. Recap. So okay. Maybe we I'll... might answer these questions. All right. So let me. All right. I'll, I'll do the recap and I'll, I'll bring these questions up. Yeah. So it starts out. Robert Downey Jr. is a man made of iron. <laughs> He's a robot. <laughs> He's a robot. <laughs> he. All right. So. Uh... And he eats batteries. <laughs> What a terrible existence that would be. Uh, gosh, it would be like acidic and okay. Um, so it starts off. I actually was like thinking about this as the movie was ending. I was like, all right, I got to get ready for my recap. <laughs> and I don't remember the first 10 minutes of the movie very much. It was just kind of like showing him kind of partying, kind of doing his thing, kind of mm-hmm. being Tony Stark. I guess it started off. Um, I don't know the very first scene, but it kind of started off kicking off like the expo. That was the very first. He jumps out of an airplane and okay, lands on okay. the stage. So he does. He's, he's got his big expo, and that's sort of like the, the the um, what do you call it? The the event that's happening yeah, during the like, event. It's, it's like the framework. The framework. There you yeah, go. The of, cornerstone of, of the of the film. Uh, framework was probably <laughs> the better word there. Um, I'm glad I thought of it. Well, I'm a professional podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i am not folks uh so uh tony stark is dancing all around he's being tony stark everybody loves him yeah uh the army hates him the government wants his suit and his technology he refuses to give it up yeah um th- i liked the line that he privatized peace i wrote that one down too yeah that's privatized a, that, world peace yeah, yeah that's great i think that's a great that's a great line and i think i think 
that you could sum up this movie by saying it's a discussion of that line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how effective was he at privatizing world peace? And you could argue he wasn't, but then he could argue that ultimately he was, but he, he got a lot of help for it. So I don't right. know. It's it, he, I mean, by privatizing it, definitely the, the, um, subtext there was, I alone did it. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like, Oh, it's a private peacekeeping force. So it's, it's me, Tony Stark. Right. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of begs the question. He opens the door then for Justin Hammer to be like, well, Tony Stark's doing it. Why can't me? Right. And, and then you see like, that's the bad side of it, you mm-hmm. know? And so somebody like Tony Stark, you know, is, is he, you know, is, is that a good thing or a bad thing, you know, for him to be there? And so that's kind of what happens next is we get, we get this guy, is Justin is his first name? Justin Hammer. Justin yeah. Hammer. So like Justin Time, yeah. but Justin <laughs> Hammer. Uh, so uh, there's something there. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, d- yeah, he's like a hammer that, that, that you get right in the nick of time okay i'm gonna give that one up i'm not it's a profe- something i'm an amateur podcaster guys <laughs> oh, that's gonna stick with you <laughs> that that planted a seed yeah, it's, it's it's things it, uh, i didn't say anything about you i just said that's what i am <laughs> so um i i thought sam rockwell was one of the uh best parts of this movie absolutely I oh, incredible adore him and i had no idea a he was in this movie yeah. and b that he was this good yeah in that role i i uh that was like a total added bonus for me what makes sam rockwell so great you know he's an oscar winner and he's you know super talented but he just goes into every role like i'm just gonna give everything i have to yes this, you yeah. know and i'm playing like the second tier villain uh-huh. in this superhero movie yeah and he's like I'm and just he, gonna he kind of almost it. steals the show yeah yeah i mean just the the lines that that it provokes from from i'm assuming robert downey jr not yeah. scripted lines yeah. like my least favorite guy in the world it's <laughs> so funny and yeah. just everything uh, the all their interactions especially in monaco in that party mm. yeah um which is kind of where i'm getting at um so uh, the uh, he goes to monaco for this race Mm-hmm. Um, all the elite folks are there. He decides he's gonna drive. That was a funny scene where you saw the the actual driver throwing his helmet down in anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> getting kicked he, out. He, he fired that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So there's always moments of you know it's difficult to suspend your disbelief and you know I'm believing in flying robot machines. Sure. Yeah. But the fact that he could just go drive an F1 like a Formula <laughs> One car, I found the hardest to believe. Yeah. Um, so let me pause right there and back up. The other storyline that was developing was you see this guy, you don't know much about him. Um, he's in Russia. He's building some sort of something device, a device similar to, um, Tony Stark's, the arc, arc reactor. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't really know what's going on and you, but you see, he's got a fake passport and tickets to Monaco. So he shows up in the middle of this race Walks out and he's got these sort of laser, not laser, but electric whips. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty cool. Um, and he starts chopping, chopping broccoli and <laughs> chopping up the race cars. And yeah. boy, a lot of people must have died in right. that scene. Well, and it's funny because we're. I'm just going to go back to something you were talking about in your hot take, where you mentioned that Tony Stark doesn't seem to care about the plight of Ivan, uh, Ivan Vanko. And uh-huh. I believe it probably started, he started not caring in Monaco when yeah. he started killing people. He's like, yeah. I don't care what your story is. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you were, that's you're how you way. decided to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, so I guess that leads me to my 
question here. Sure. Which, um, and if, if you have this plan for elsewhere, just tell me to shut up and wait. Okay. But tell me about this this character. We're calling him Whiplash, but they never called him that in the mm-hmm. um, in the uh, the movie. I'm only calling him that because you mentioned offhand that 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 was. That's what everybody calls him in this. Okay. Um, he is. Um, Sort of, and I, I'm not like the biggest. Like I've never read any of his any books he's been in. Okay. But um, from my understanding, he's actually this character Ivan Vanko is kind of. It's almost like a amalgamation of a couple different characters. Uh-huh. Um, especially when we see him in that last fight in a suit. Uh-huh. Um, there's there's Whiplash, who I, I don't know much about except for he has the electric whips. And then there's a Crimson Dynamo, who is a Soviet Union. Uh, um, Iron Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, yeah. that that tracks. Yeah, I, I see that. And so he's kind of like a, a mishmash of both. Yeah. You know. Um. And he it, it's interesting they went with Russian. Uh, a lot of Tony Stark's um, arch nemesis from that era, from the seventies, you know, uh, and the sixties were uh, communists. Because yeah. Because that was he was he represented, you know. Um, and I didn't mention this in the first Iron Man one, and and maybe this is getting too trivia, but his creator um, mentioned, you know, when he was doing it, um, he knew that the demographic of for these comic books was young people, uh-huh. and he knew Vietnam was not popular with them, and you know, Uncle Sam was not somebody that people were like, yeah, yeah, let's go right. patriotism, and he said, you know what, I'm gonna make the embodiment of the military industrial complex. I'm going to make him a hero. Like, how do I do that? I'm going to yeah. pick the person they're going to identify with and like the least. Yeah. And I'm going to make them buy their his, this comic book. And I, <laughs> almost as a challenge, okay. you know, he's like, cause we can do that. We can do, you know, the, the nerdy teen becoming Spider-Man. That's easy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's, let's do something hard. Right. And, and that was kind of his idea. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so he's he's definitely his enemies were the enemies of America right. uh, in these first comic books. And of course, in these movies, he's very much not I mean, he's American, but he's more like represents like the corporate side of America. Yeah. And be, yeah, because he's he's disavowed like that uh, the military industrial sort of uh, mm-hmm. business, the that complex that. So he and he's and especially in this one, mm-hmm. he's very purposefully turning his back on on sort of the established United States military. Yeah. And sort of, you know, in the face of their direct demands. The the subtext is, you know, kind of, uh, you're just slow me down. Or you get in the way. Yeah. Like, I don't need, yeah, we're not, I'm not partnering with the U.S. government. Yeah. You know, you can just hang out and I'll take care of it. And and the the implication to just how the that senator was played, Stern, is that his name? Yeah, senator, senator Stern. Stern. Uh, was also that, you know, it's it's it wasn't necessarily that they were doing it because they thought, it it was in their best interest. It's because they wanted it. Yeah, and they were jealous, or, or just that the idea that like nobody can have anything except for us. Yeah, they wanted that control. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the control for power. For power, that's for- right. <laughs> so let's let's get back into the recap before we dig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, up. okay. So um, so he defeats Whiplash there. Um, uh-huh. although Whiplash is able to do some damage to him, he's yeah. really the first person who's been able to really do some damage. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's thrown in jail. Um. Uh, Tony Stark goes off. Uh, he's dying because of palladium poisoning. Um, so he's switching out his battery every couple of days, and he's drinking something to help him. Yeah, he called it chlorophyll. But yeah, but I didn't I believe that. It, I don't know what it is. It yeah. looked like uh, battery juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's he thinks he's dying. He's trying to tell Pepper uh, a couple times. He sucks at doing that. Uh-huh. And 
then this guy, uh, Ivan, um, is given sort of a ticket out of his jail cell. Um, he's sprung by Justin Hammer. Yeah. So he wants him to tinker with his toys and, and sort of give him the stuff that... And, and I, Hammer represents what we talked about in the first Iron Man episode. Hammer represents the antithesis of Tony Stark. Like, he doesn't seem to know how to do any of that stuff himself. Yeah. He just is a presenter. He's yeah. just the, the CEO and sort of like the face and like the talker. Yeah. And he's good at that. He can talk and it, mm-hmm. it's funny, but... He also isn't as he's still not as good at, at that even as, as Tony is. But right. he also can't build anything himself. If he was if he was kidnapped by the Ten Rings in that cave, he would have died. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, because uh, they would have instantly known that he couldn't build anything. <laughs> so uh, he's sort of the antithesis uh, yeah. of a Tony Stark. So he kidnaps. He does. He pulls the Ten Rings essentially. He yeah. kidnaps what you know. He's identified a a clever inventor mm-hmm. and kidnaps you know he frees him from one person and sort of brings him to another like a business proposal yeah that's how he frames it yeah but it's very clear that it's like you're gonna stay here and do what i want right yeah um he doesn't have any choice or agency yeah (laughs) but so much like tony stark did in the first one um ivan um, uses this opportunity to just do whatever he wants right um which is build a army of drones uh, that he controls and uh, hack into everything so yeah. that when, um, I guess skipping ahead now, um, uh-huh. when Hammer presents all this stuff at the expo and then when Tony Stark shows up and uh, also the piece de la resistance, mm-hmm. that's French. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been practicing. It's great. Yeah. D- uh, From the Monaco scene? Y- yeah, I could tell. <laughs> yeah, it, it inspired me. Uh, let me try another one. Uh, uh, day day Rian. Okay, no, that's that one. That one <laughs> needs some more time in the oven. <laughs> um, that means you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I think it means of nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. I love the way. I'm just a total tangent. I just love the ways that other languages say things like "you're welcome." Yeah, like, they nada. Yeah, like of nothing. Think it was, nothing it of was it. Nothing. It was nothing. Yeah. Uh, they um they say uh you're really not supposed to um. They discourage that when people say like, uh, oh, thanks for that. And you say like, no problem. Because that's that's kind of like the American oh, way of saying yeah, that. sure. Or it was nothing or don't worry about it. Um, that it it kind of can minimize the the effort, and which is what you're trying to do. You're trying to yeah. say like, it, it, it took nothing for me to do that. But to emphasize, but like that can also diminish the, <laughs> the gesture. You know, yeah. like I literally thought nothing about what I did for yeah. you. <laughs> and so... People recommend saying, or this one article I read recommended saying, you do the same for me or something like that. You oh, know? okay. Yeah. So that's weird. But. Yeah. You scratch my back. <laughs> Wait, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And it's not so much like I'm expecting that from you, but it's more like I know that you would have done the same. You know, one good turn <laughs> deserves another friend. That's exactly it. Okay. I got it. <laughs> I'm going to start sending, there. I'm going to start sending my emails like that. Yeah. Just in that weird tone of voice. Yeah. I, I, I think I, if I just bold it enough... <laughs> Is there like an extra bold? Um, so they're at the expo. Hammer's presenting all this stuff. Ivan hacks into everything. We got to go back though because we got what's been happening with Tony Stark. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, so this is why Tony shows up is that um, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds showed up. <laughs> uh, Nick Fury and the Dad Beads. <laughs> the Dad Beads. <laughs> and uh, we got to go back even further though. Before that, he, when Tony's at his lowest point. When oh Nick right, shows right, up, right, right. Okay, so before? he's got. I don't. I wasn't clear on why she was brought in in the first place as like an assistant or something. Uh huh. 
I don't know. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But they do. They do make this explicit. It's because they knew he was sick. Uh huh. And so they, she infiltrated Stark Industries to keep an eye on him. Okay, sorry, but I didn't realize. I didn't know what the premise was that she was being hired to Stark Industries. Oh, the, I think the the idea was she already worked there in legal. And okay, so she was just coming over to help do something or yeah, other. Yeah, and whatever. she, I'm sure, was in purposely put in a way that she would be in front of Tony Stark, who yeah. would be like, "I want her to be my assistant." Uh huh. And so it was a little bit like a honeypot situation. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So that's what happens. Um, uh-huh. Scarlett uh, Johansson. Yeah. Johansson? Johansson. Johansson. Scar Joe. Scar Joe. Okay. Uh, you know, i am got to say that. <laughs> uh, what was her name? Uh, shoot. Belsky. Belsky from last episode? Becky. Oh, yeah. Belly. <laughs> Betty. <laughs> Belsky. Belsky. Uh, Scar Joe. Uh-huh. Um, so she is, I guess, Black Widow, but they don't say it. No, but they call her Natasha Romanoff, and okay, that's Black so Widow's. Okay, Natasha Rom- Romanoff. <laughs> her her uh, her cover is Natalie Rushman. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Yeah, got it. Ah, uh, uh, so, that's coming up though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I kind of know about that, but uh, I'll keep that on the back burner. So anyway, she she is around. Uh, keeping an eye on him for S.H.I.E.L.D. and mm. for Nick Cave. Yeah. And so he, good old Sam Jackson himself shows up and says, uh, so he has kind of a low point. He's got his birthday party. He gets really yeah. drunk. Yep. He fights um, his buddy Rhodes. We skipped a lot of stuff, didn't we? <laughs> uh, and Rhodes steals a suit, which is how Hammer gets a hold of it to modify yes. it in the first place. That's how I wanted to get back there, yeah. Um, so uh, Nick Fury gives him sort of like a box of old stuff from his dad. Turns out his dad cared about him in his own way. Yeah. Um, was proud of him, I guess, or at least thought that he was sort of like, he says the lines, I'm like, you're the best thing I ever built. Yeah. Which... Um, does take a little bit of agency out of you know <laughs> mrs stark because um, that was a collaborative effort <laughs> sure um but so anyway uh he figures out that his dad had kind of left a clue in the map of mm-hmm. the expo mm-hmm. the and, 1974 expo right and so he he digitizes that and figures it out uh-huh. and uh creates this new element and mm-hmm. is able to sort of make a super um uh what was it called eco coil I think they just called it core. Mega booster. Mega booster. That's what they said. Uh, <laughs> uh, arc reactor. Yes. Okay. That's what you were looking yeah, for. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. So uh, a super mega booster arc reactor to coil. Re- to replace the uh, poison palladium. Yeah. The burnt, which in the first movie was awesome. And now in the second movie sucks. Yeah. It's bad for you. Yeah. So, Who knew? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he sticks it in and uh, instantly his like blood poisoning goes away, which... Yeah. Whatever. It's magic. It's ma- <laughs> it's ma- they didn't name the element. It could be magic. Yeah. Um are they going to name that element? Uh they didn't name it. I'm almost 99% sure it's not vibranium. Okay. Vibranium while well, we were talking about it and yeah. that wouldn't make sense either because that's the whole point of the movie is that it can yeah. only be found in Right. And it- vibranium is I'll just say at this point in like the universe people know what vibranium is. Tony Stark would know what vibranium is. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, right on. But nobody's so, talked about it yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. They haven't written it yet, but yeah, <laughs> timeline-wise, everybody okay. who's 
At Tony Stark's level, they'll would retcon not. it. It's fine. Yeah. There'll be clips of Tony Stark speaking on TV. I'm sure when I rewatch Black Panther, I'm gonna be like, oh, all right. Um, so, uh, okay. So everything goes expo. wrong at the expo. Yeah. They they're fighting all these drones. They blow a lot up. Um, people are running and screaming. You know, I'm sure people died there, but they did a really. Re- they were really assiduous about not showing it. Yeah, yeah. There were I no guess to keep that PG-13. I guess they. I guess they didn't want to make it like disturbing yeah. like you know because i i get that would be tough to watch and it is you know in a lot of these movies um it, it's kind of like implied yeah but you don't see it because yeah if you were watching like just people who did not who did not sign up to yeah. be like pawns in the superhero yeah, battle just getting slaughtered they just wanted to go yeah. to the expo like having stuff fall on them and yeah. die like right that's a bummer you know? and <laughs> that they absolutely the would have like all of the the drones shot like like 50,000 rounds yeah. straight up into the air. Oh, yeah. no, Those would have instantly come down. They yeah. also blew out that glass ceiling, which would have sliced everybody up. Yeah. Unless it was all safety glass. Or I mean, yeah, stark it, it, glass. It might have been. It might have been stark glass. And Patented stark glass. Yeah. I did see something on screen on something about... Uh, it was on one of the... It was like a, a pan over some of the um, Tony Stark like magazine covers. Yeah. And it said something about uh, fogless glass. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, that would be great. Um but it just sounds. It's just. I thought that was a funny little nice tiny touch of just like yeah, that is something that he would invent. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, so uh, they talk to or they they go fight. He and Rhodes go fight. Who now they're calling Rhodey all of a sudden. Rhodey. Yeah. Um. They called him Rhodey in the last one. Did they? In the That's first like one? his comic book nickname. Okay. I just don't remember that in the first one. Yeah. Um. I want. I will get to. Um. What's his face? Um. Ivan. Nope. Uh. Amber? Who plays Rhodes? Oh, Don Cheadle. Don, well, I'll get to yeah, John, no, that's Don Cheadle. We talk about uh, that. We'll talk about that. Um, I want to save that. Um, so they they fight Ivan. Um, they they kill him, presumably, and save the day. And he kisses Pepper, who I guess resigns as CEO. We didn't mention that. She was CEO for like a week. Yeah. And uh, then at the end, they find Thor's hammer. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, Ivan um, does explicitly die because they kind of like hurt him, but then he turns all the drones to blow up. Mm-hmm. And that was, so the, the idea of that being that he is gone and okay. he, he blew up the whole expo. Great recap. That was yeah, awesome. Thanks. That's, that's a little complicated movie. A lot happens in thanks. it. Thanks. Yeah. I uh, needed some help there. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Uh, so I want to talk about a couple of things. Let's um, do it. I mentioned, I said, and I was incorrect, I said that the first scene was the Stark Expo, but actually this is a rare Marvel movie that has an actual open, opening credit sequence um, that was like really long oh, and deliberate. Right. Yeah, and yeah. It, it was, and you mentioned it, but it was that was the actually opening thing. Uh-huh. And that's not something we see a lot of times you just kind of jump right into it, yeah. you know? Um, or it's not quite that deliberate and mm-hmm. it, it was a way to re- to remind us what happened in the first movie because uh-huh. that opening scene is him watching the press conference where yeah. Tony Stark says he's Iron Man uh-huh. um, the the Stark Expo um, I always thought this when I when I watched it and my family's big are big Disney fans uh-huh. And specifically of Walt Disney himself. Uh-huh. And so when you watch Howard Stark, he's dressed kind of like Walt yeah. Disney. He's in a Walt Disney style office. Absolutely. I mean, this whole expo thing is really reminiscent of like World's Fairs that yeah. Walt Disney was all about. Totally. And the and whole city. The, the music. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to take place in 74, but the yeah. music is totally like a 40s kind of 50s, vibe. Yeah, 40s, 50s, yeah. like post, it, post-war 
like pro science it was sort of written specifically to evoke uh the music from the carousel of progress there's a great big beautiful tomorrow okay and um which debuted at the world's fair uh, by walt disney cool. so it's and he's definitely that the whole they, they nailed that vibe yes i i totally you just feel it yeah. i think about it every time the whole um future city he designs very much i mean that's straight up that's what epcot is yeah is that yeah. future city yeah i so. mean like the big the, the world the, the, yeah yeah the yeah and so it's really cool to see that um they i mean howard stark's based on a lot of different people um but disney in this film there's a lot of disney in it and this is actually the first film that came out after uh marvel was purchased by disney oh it's, interesting it started production before um you know because they started working on it right after iron man came out and made half a billion dollars so yeah like, we got to make another one um so that happened in 2008 when they started but marvel uh, marvel was purchased in 2009 okay um, this movie was still distributed by Paramount um, because of an existing deal that, uh-huh. you know, but, uh, but yeah, this is the very first one. And I don't think it's an accident that it evokes so much Disney yeah. stuff in it, you know, uh, but in a fun way in like a, you know, retro throwback way. You uh-huh. know? I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, the uh, outtakes or the sort of in between cuts of Howard. Um, yes. <laughs> they were so funny. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just fantastic. When he's waiting on me as he like <laughs> downs his scotch. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, John Slattery, uh, who portrays Howard Stark mm-hmm. um, from like the 70s on, um, is just so funny. Yeah. Like, he's an absolutely hilarious dude and he totally nails Howard Stark and plays him with like a little bit of a seriousness, you know, for a John Slattery character, but still, uh-huh. like, he's, got, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about also that. Um, Going to the Monaco race, that suitcase suit. What'd you think about that? Uh, I I I saw it and I instantly was like, okay, I, I get that. That's a portable suit. Yeah. Um, it was a little cheesy, but he had to have a way of like having yeah. it with him. It's definitely the most portable suit we've seen. Everything else involves some sort of like crazy apparatus in the floor, yeah, like putting to, it on him to, to take. Yeah, yeah, like it almost evokes like uh like a factory and. Um, Detroit, like building yeah, a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like each, like all these things are coming in, like in this perfectly choreographed dance yeah. to like slam these plates on. But it, yeah, this like unfolded itself. Yeah. It was okay. Um, it's definitely underpowered. You can see there's not any missiles or anything like that on uh-huh. it. It's just his repulsors. That's true. Yeah, and that's yeah. part of why he had such a tough time. I think. Yeah. Now I did. I will say that was another moment where I was like, oh come on, like. Apparently Ivan was just standing there for about twelve seconds watching it like <laughs> set true. up. Like he could have yeah. just whipped his head off. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I um I love a good suit up sequence, but you really do have to suspend your disbelief there. Because yeah. he like He was right there. He was absolutely right there. Um Um so going back to Gary Shandling as Senator Stern. How great was he? As as what? Uh as Senator Stern. Oh, he, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean just he was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, just so smarmy. Yeah, and, just plays know. a jerk really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, I mentioned our, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has chemistry with everybody, and it works even with him. You know, yeah. there's that. This is really good. At uh, the very, very end, when he's pinning the the metal on him. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I forget the line something he, about. He, he's like, it's it's amazing how annoying a little prick can be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he stabs him with the, <laughs> it's so good. That's such a Gary Shandling line too. Yeah. That they, they gave him. Um. I, I think going in that also in that in that hearing that Senate hearing when Rhodes shows up and you uh-huh. don't see his face he's just walking in yeah. from behind and then he turns and uh, Tony Stark's like surprised to see him he's like Rhodey he's like it's me I'm here 
deal with it. <laughs> and that's almost a comment on the fact that he's oh, been recast. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, so let's let's talk about Don Cheadle. So I mean, I think I mean I, I know you mentioned you didn't think much about Terrence Howard um, being off. You were like he fits and he's great. Uh-huh. But I mean, I think it really is night and day. Don I, Cheadle I agree. and Robert now, Downey Jr. And I, I said I would, I would, I would, I would, uh, I would withhold my judgment until yeah. I'd seen Don Cheadle, and it's it's it is night and day. Yeah, it's that's how that character needs to be played. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There's just a different level of confidence and but willing to to joke. Yeah, he's he's more fun. Yeah, you know, he's not quite as dour or serious. Yeah, you know, but he can turn that on. Yeah, like I you mean, believe him when he like has a, his serious yeah, face on. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it just works. Yeah, and it works better with Robert Downey Jr. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the sense that they're friends, right? You know, like they actually hang out and they're good friends. Yeah, and that's that's the whole point. That's what Rhodey is. You uh-huh. know? Like he's like Tony Stark's like only friend. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So and that they they have fights, but they're always they'll come back around. Yeah. And yeah. No, I I uh, I thought Don Cheadle was fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, I, speaking of actors and actresses in this movie, I can't really think of anybody that was that was bad or poor. Um, Scarlett Johansson didn't have too much to do, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. But I thought she did fine. Um, she actually has, um, been criticized for this performance. And, really? um, as I mentioned, the, um, it does have a very improvisational nature and that's what, uh, you know, Sam Rockwell and, uh, of course, Robert Downey Jr. And, and Don Cheadle, and they all kind of fed off of that. Yeah. And Gwyneth Paltrow does a good job with it too. Yeah. Uh, absolutely she does. But Scarlett Johansson, that's not her style. Right. She's, you know, studies Scripted, the words yeah. and, you know does the character uh-huh. and um so if there was i mean honestly it's, i don't think it's very noticeable i think she's great and yeah she's meant to be sort of a cypher you're not supposed to really know uh-huh. too much about her in this movie it's just that she's a badass right um, she's not given much to do i no. mean there's she hardly has any lines but and i think that's part of it i yeah. think it's because really nobody had lines you yeah. know yeah she, yeah she wasn't able to get in there because that's not her you know that's not her skill set right you know is to do that because it's not everybody can do that yeah you know uh, you know, if I was up there with, you know, Robert Downey Jr., I'd be like, uh, uh okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> hey, what do you say? Because he's so quick, you know, so yeah. I get that that's tough. And uh-huh. uh, she's obviously incredibly talented, uh, but that's just not it. That style is a is an interesting fit. Um, uh-huh. But of course, this is the first of very many appearances uh, from her in in the film. And I think that fight scene with Happy is is. It was a perfect introduction to her and what she can do uh-huh. where um, they break into Hammer's complex to get to Ivan um, and Happy starts fighting the first guy. Yeah. And then she runs in and like takes out the other 20. Yeah. And like the whole time he's just like yeah. trading blows. Uh-huh. It's a very realistic like boxing, right. you know, like fight. Like uh-huh. that's what it would and be he, like. If... He wins by like biting someone's ear. Yeah. And, like, that and was what like... he was condemning earlier about like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dirty, dirty boxing. boxing. That's yeah. that's a good that's a good catch. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like I mean, it's degrees and he is like out of breath and like, yeah. took a huge beating. Right. And he's a regular dude. That's what it would be like. Two big dudes pounding yeah. on each other, you uh-huh. know, but she's just wiped everybody else out yeah. at that same time. <laughs> and it definitely shows like she might not have a suit and she may not have the super soldier serum in her, but mm-hmm. she's definitely a cut above yeah. normal humans. Right. You know? Even like a bodyguard human. Yeah. 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 Like she can, she, there's things she can do that most people cannot do. Yeah. And, and in fact, very few people can do. Uh-huh. And so I think that was a really good introduction showed, to her. She was able to instantly hack this guy's yeah. suit. You know, mm-hmm. so like apparently she's, you know, she's got that knowledge as well. So she, she's kind of got that super spy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Spy master. Yeah. 
and uh yeah super secret agent you know like james bond mm-hmm. and jason Bourne, all of it like in one um mickey rourke um i am a big mickey rourke fan yeah especially what he's done like in this era when he started to do some like more of these gritty dirty roles mm-hmm. um this this role actually i i just kept seeing him you remember the movie spun did you see that i know it but i didn't see him. it it was kind of like the 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 thin red line uh, to Requiem for a Dreams, Saving Private Ryan. Okay, okay. If that analogy makes sense. Sure. <laughs> it was like the, the less popular drug movie that came out at the same time. I see what you're saying. So Thin Red Line is to Saving Private Ryan yeah. as Spun is to Requiem right, for a Dream. Right, right. Got it. And, uh, I took the SATs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll actually make the same analogy that, likewise, Thin Red Line is miles better and so is Spun. Mm-hmm. It's much better movie very different movie but anyway he plays a meth cook uh-huh. like a cowboy meth cook okay um really similar just give him like a thick cowboy accent okay and like but just to re- like and maybe a little like slower not like evil just like meth cook mm-hmm. you know level kind of scummy yeah but uh I, he just i got little vibes of that with like the the toothpick in his yeah. mouth all the time yeah um I, I thought he did really well with um, limited lines. I will say, I think I heard his accent come through in his Rus- f- faux Russian accent yeah. a few times. I don't think he na- quite nailed that, but uh, I was still fine with it. He he definitely dove into it. Yeah. Um, he did a lot of research on like what a Russian person who's like been to prison and what what kind of tattoos they would have. Uh-huh. He like picked the tattoos. That's cool. He paid for his grill. Uh-huh. He insisted on the bird. Like he was like, I'm doing this, you know. Yeah. Like he's like, let's do a deep dive on this. Yeah. And so uh it comes across he feels like a a very crazy person. Yeah, but like he absolutely. feels like a there's so much there. There's put together. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not just little surface stuff that yeah. like, you know, he gets to set to shoot one day and they're like Oh, by the way, your character has a bird. No, <laughs> yeah. he's thought about why yeah. that's important. Yeah, um, um, yeah, that all comes across for sure. Absolutely, I, I think um, something that really sets this movie apart from the first Iron Man is the level of technology at Tony Stark's disposal. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know, like in, and it's kind of hard to watch Iron Man one in, in two thousand nineteen because and and understand what it must have been like to watch it in 2008 because a lot of the stuff he has like jarvis and i think we talked about this in uh-huh. the first episode would have been amazing in 2008 yeah. you're like whoa this is the future and for us it's like that is something i bought on amazon on prime day uh-huh. and you know i kind of don't think about it you right. know, it's just <laughs> yeah. part of my life now so it's tough and i think in and john favreau i don't think i know this john favreau uh was when saying uh, he was worried that, I mean, he got a lot of people came up to him and said, oh, this stuff's really, Iron Man 1 really pushed technology, but he saw where it was going, so he said, I need to get ahead of this. Yeah. Like, I don't want these movies to seem dated, because I think he feared that, you know, like the stuff that they did in Iron Man, like that's going to be within 10 years. Mm-hmm. So he's like, let's do stuff that's going to be within 40 years, because yeah. I want Tony Stark to be so far ahead of the curve uh-huh. that if you really get the sense that he is designing his own computer systems that are in his house. Right. He didn't right. go to Best Buy and buy it or order it from anybody. He uh-huh. built it. And yeah. so he's got those cool holograms and like that's how he designs things. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really neat. I, um, I, I was reminded of the way they do um, like the hand controlled uh, hologram computers in Minority Report. Yeah. But I thought I liked this better. Yeah, like it looked more natural. Mm-hmm. Whereas the I had, the Minority Report stuff looked cool, but it also looked like you're doing like a weird dance. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was that popped into my head. 
Um, what, what's our next segment? Um, so let's move into, I've been peppering it throughout, but I've got a couple of doozies for Aaron's Trivia Corner. Aaron's Trivia Corner, oh yeah. So you've recorded jingles, right? You're going to put yeah, one yeah. in there? Yeah, yeah. This is all just placeholders. Okay. Okay. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this is something Haley mentioned while we were watching it, and... A lot of people speculated. So this movie came out in 2010, and during that expo scene where the drones are attacking, there's a little boy wearing an Iron Man mask, uh-huh. and uh, you're really worried the drone's going to like kill him, and uh-huh. uh, Iron Man comes in the last minute, saves the day, but he stands behind him and kind of makes it look like the little boy shot him with yeah. his repulsor thing. Um, and a lot of people speculated at the time, like, oh, what if that was Peter Parker? Wouldn't uh, that be so funny? Yeah. Um, and this was before... Sony and Disney had worked out their landmark deal to let Sony keep making um, their Spider-Man movies. They make Spider-Man movies, but loan um, their version of Spider-Man so that he can be in these other team-up movies. Uh And that was a really big deal, really crazy thing that happened. Um, But they were like six years away from that at this point. Okay. So people speculated like, oh, wouldn't that be neat? That would be so cool. And, you know, because it's in Queens and that's where Peter Parker's yeah. from. Uh-huh. And then by the time they cast Homecoming, Tom Holland uh, is out there promoting it and he confirmed like, yeah, that was Peter Parker. And so, uh. and Kevin Feige's come out and said it. So they retconned it. Oh, so that, okay. Oh, so that okay. Was officially, that was Peter Parker. Wow, neat. Okay, yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, it's neat. And it's crazy to think about how little he would have been in 2010 you know and uh-huh. then it really because i mean it's tough because tom holland is in his 20s i mean he's he's a a, a littler guy and he he looks really young mm-hmm. so he works as a teenager but he's obviously he's 20 you know you're not gonna hire a 15 year old yeah. to actually be spider-man um but clearly clearly um but but it kind of really drives that point home of how young peter parker is if you yeah. see like that's him in 2010 yeah might as well put him in a baby carriage right <laughs> that's right Baby, more like baby man. More like baby man. I like that. Spider baby. Spider baby. <laughs> that That's better. <laughs> um, so here's another one. I talked about this last week. Um, and I was, I remembered it almost as soon as we finished recording. I was like, oh, that's right. Um, I suggested that Iron Man 1 and Incredible Hulk were taking place at the same time, which is why Iron Man didn't try to stop the Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but actually... Incredible Hulk takes place during Iron Man 2, the same week. Oh! So Iron Man's too busy dealing with gotcha. Whiplash to even think about Hulk. Right. And he's, um, yeah, he's got his own stuff going this on. This is confirmed in the final scene when uh, Nick Fury and Tony Stark are talking. There's TV screens going on, and there's like something happening on the news. Uh-huh. And if you freeze frame it, it actually says, Incident at Culver University oh. on the screen. So it is it is straight up Fascinating. Incredible Hulk. Okay. So that happens... The um the same week as Iron Man two. Cool. Yeah. Even though those movies are two years apart. But yeah. That's kind of their timeline. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um. So that kind of leads us into our next segment, which is fitting into the larger narrative. Yeah. So, I mean, it's tough because that Hulk thing is fair. I mean, that was an Easter egg, really. Mm-hmm. Um. You're still getting the sense of Shield, but this is a sequel to iron man 2 so i mean to right. iron man 1 so it's of course it's gonna feel like a universe but yeah what, what do you think i'm you know i'm, I'm getting it slowly and mm-hmm. i think that's fine that's how it should be introduced I, yeah I, you know that's and that's why it is cool mm-hmm. once you get to the i presuming mm-hmm. once you get to the avengers movies that that's kind of like full-on shield stuff i'm yeah. assuming um 
so like I want to take my time and get to know yeah. these characters and then like how it was formed and like they they've talked about the Avengers initiative a couple times so like that's fine like I I did think that that was gonna take place in this movie that was, I think that was my my yeah guess. yeah that he was gonna start and I was wrong and that's fine because I'm I'm fine like taking the time with it but I am seeing like smaller pieces and they do they have a lot of fun with the the final post credit scenes like you know I know that that's Thor's hammer yeah. Um, do you know what it's called? MCU pop quiz. Um, hang on, because I feel like I might know it just from like mythology. That's right. Yeah, they did not come up with this name. Um, gosh, give me a hint. It starts with an M. Ma- mag mal ma- I don't know it. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah, I did know that. <laughs> okay. Dang. Wow. Yeah. Okay, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not that kind of show, Nick. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I totally derailed you with that. I wasn't going to do a pop quiz, but that just popped into no, my head. No, it was good. It was yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I really am enjoying how they're, they're starting to fit in. I think that's – I can see why that is sort of what – that's what the appeal is. Like, mm. once you – invest the time watching a lot of these movies is just seeing how it all connects yeah i think i think it's like you said taking your time slow and steady wins the race Mm -hmm. you compare this to and and i'm trying not to do this too much i haven't even seen all of them but there's the dc universe yeah that tried to do the same thing and they um you know it was it's considered a failure because they kind of rushed it they Mm -hmm. did man of steel and they did Batman versus Superman, you know, and Wonder Woman, and then right into Justice League. Yeah. So, you know, Avengers had, uh, let's see, like five films before that, you uh-huh. know, over the, and they really, like you said, built up to it. And I mean, already the second one in the DC universe was a team up film. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, you can't rush this stuff. You right. got to really take your time, build it brick by brick mm-hmm. to make people care. I was surprised at how much Nick Fury was in this one. I kind of forgot. He's in yeah. It. Yeah. He's got a much more substantial uh, role. When we were watching it, Megan uh, pointed out, and I totally agree, when when they met or when they were talking in the diner, mm-hmm. absolutely was like a Tarantino scene. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the lighting of it mm-hmm. and just seeing Sam Jackson on the screen and like having this sort of quippy conversation yeah. that's like yeah. really talking about business. I, it, was, it was great. It was, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, me too. That just it felt like a little mini homage. I, I don't know if he was going for it, if Favreau was going for it or if it just sort of turned out that way or... <laughs> I don't know. It was yeah. fun. Uh, it's got to be. I mean, I think everybody's got to be thinking that when you got Samuel L. Jackson in your movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it takes place in a diner. I mean, right. Come on. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about rankings. We're still early days, and we uh-huh. know how you feel that this movie compared to Incredible Hulk. Yeah. But comparing this to the first Iron Man. Huh. Um. So... Who was the the big bad in in the first one? Um, Obadiah Stane. Yeah. Um, Ironmonger. Right. Yeah. I feel like the action sequences were better in this one than they were in the first one. Like the yeah. final fights, these were more enjoyable in the second one. Uh, you know, I, I think the second one was better. Okay. The second one takes the cake for me, just barely though. Interesting. I I like the pacing of the first one better. Mm. Yeah. I like the, and I like the story of the first one better. The first act of the first one is really cool. I agree. I, I think that the second one though has some really indispensable parts. Like yeah. that final fight scene with 
Rhodey and Iron Man taking out the drones. I thought that was really cool. Maybe as like when you look at the the acts actually. Mm-hmm. This the second one it, not as clearly defined. Yeah. There's not really a good second act. There's it, it's a little bit of you get a little bit of malaise. Something you don't like to see with Tony Stark too much, especially yeah. in these early movies, because he's somebody who loves his powers and loves right. being able to kick ass. And to see him kind of down in the dumps, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, I don't know. You might have talked me out of it. <laughs> um, I don't know. They're really close for me. I'll just say yeah, that no, one and two are, are really close for me right now. I and mean, maybe having seen some other ones, it might yeah. sort of. Well, cement them preliminary we're going to be revisiting these rankings and all the time incredible hulk is is rock bottom <laughs> so one one thing i didn't mention before we slide into our uh next segment um i do love seeing tony stark and when he mentioned he was going into hardware mode for his thing and he like builds a new thing oh and yeah he builds his yeah uh, proton accelerator or whatever uh-huh. Like it's just so cool to see him like make something from nothing. Yeah, you know? and you see, that's like that's him in his real element. Like yeah. he's good oh, yeah. at being a, a seller of things. He's yeah. good at being a, a face. He's good at being Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But like when he builds stuff, that's yeah. like at his root, like just his natural state yeah. of being. It's just creating. And he's he's not like the lab coat scientist. No, he's just know? he's actually it's he's a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he like he, like he gets a wrench out right. and he builds he used, something. Uh, what I presume is Captain America's shield. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that was a like, funny moment. Yeah, to level it out. Yeah, yeah, because what's the, what's the agent's name? Um, Con- uh, uh, Coulson. Coulson. Yeah, it was like, uh, you know what this is or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's and you, exactly what I need. Yeah, and you think it's gonna be like, like oh, a it's the missing element? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and no, he just uses it. To, that was <laughs> that was a really funny scene. Yeah, and that was just so making people excited because they know Captain America's coming up. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, uh, it's great. So, speaking of coming up, uh-huh. how much does Nick know, that's you, oh. about next week's film? Um, I don't know what it is, okay. so uh, that will be a, a zero. That will be a nothing for me. No guess. Um, all right, let me, uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Think about all the, the things we've, we've seen. Yeah, yeah. So we've got There's Hulk. a lot of clues. We've got Hulk mm-hmm. uh, um, has been hinted at. We've got Captain America has been hinted at. We've seen Black Widow. I mean, sorry. We've seen Hulk. We've seen Black Widow. Thor and Captain America have been hinted at. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be the first Thor movie coming up. You're right. Oh, I'm so good. You are good. Yeah, the the whole, that post-credit scene actually in the desert was not uh, directed by John Favreau. It was directed by Kenneth, I'm not going to say his last name right, Brana, uh, whatever. Okay. But he's the director of Thor. Oh, oh, oh the Br- Branagh. Br- Branagh. Yeah, yeah. Branagh. Branagh. So he he directed the the first Thor movie, and he actually directed that thing. And John Favreau actually had a comment about how he didn't feel great about putting a thing that somebody else directed at the end of his movie. <laughs> yeah. But that was him just, you know, that's the growing pains of getting used. Because it just shows you, like, now people wouldn't think twice about it. A lot of these movies have that, where uh-huh. it's a scene or like a, a deleted scene or an alternate scene from a coming up movie that they film specifically to put on the, the preceding one right. to lead into it. Uh-huh. And this is the first time that's really happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, his unease is something that like all the directors just have to get used to. Yeah. Like, that's going to totally. be a thing. That's so uh, interesting. Yeah. So Thor is the next one. So besides not knowing the hammer's name, what, what else, what do you think you know about Thor? Thor, uh, where does he come from? Uh, he's Norse, uh, mythological God, mm-hmm. the God of thunder. Yeah. Um, and he's the son of Odin. Sure. Uh, Odin one eye who gave up <laughs> one of his eyes for knowledge and wisdom. 
Sure. Um, so not so much the mythology piece. Oh, <laughs> man, I could, uh, that's the only piece I know about. No, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Chris, how, how Chris you, Hemsworth. Yeah. How Is that do you, right? Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Wow. How do you imagine the myth, myth mythological Thor fits into this world where you have a rage monster oh, and uh, I, I have suit of armor? The, 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 I haven't the you can't, you can't picture how so they connect. I, it, I will say this is fully and utterly tainted by a Douglas Adams novel, which sure. I don't know if you've read. Um, Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. That's a Dirk Gently one. Yes, it's a, I, it's I a second yet. Dirk Gently novel, um, mm-hmm. and in it, gods. It's basically the premise of American gods yeah. before that was written. The mm-hmm. idea that gods exist and their power is dependent on how much they're believed in. Yeah. So if once you know, like a bear totem is no longer worshipped it it still exists in this world but it has no power mm. and once you know some um sumerian god is no longer worshipped it still exists in this world as like a physical creature being mm. it just has no power and so uh thor in this book thor and some of the other norse gods um uh loki and odin in particular exist and it's it's so much like American gods, yeah. honestly. When you, but uh, and their power is waning because people aren't believing in them. Yeah, so they're just like dudes. Yeah, but uh, and he's very frustrated about yeah. that. Yeah, I bet. But he can still sometimes hone into his power, like through his hammer, and he flies around with his hammer. So I'm sort of seeing, I, I can't get past that. Yeah, I hear you. Version of Thor, who's sort of like a meathead. Mm-hmm. And not funny at all, but I know I know Chris Hemsworth. I know all of these characters are played as relatively smart, and and f- they're very funny and quippy. Mm. But I'm assuming he's going to be a little bit more of a meathead. Okay, cool. But well, I have no idea how he ties in. Maybe he's th- actually a god. Yeah, is, is my point. I'm really excited to see what you think about the next movie. Okay, I'm excited to see what you think about all these movies. I keep thinking about these like Phase Two and Phase Three movies, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch them all. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, uh, we will be back for Thor. Nick, you got to watch this. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We want to hear from you. You can reach out to us on email at you got to watch this podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us at Facebook or Instagram at you got to watch this podcast or on Twitter at gotta underscore watch. Thanks.